Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Start spreading the news. I'm packing today. Kofo's just one week away, and I'm so ready to go. <laughs> Live from the biggest studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, stretching my pipes, if you will, getting ready for the Colorado Festival of Horror, where we have so much going on, but we'll get to that in a moment. But the reason for me stretching the pipes as I am, we will have our own horror karaoke going on Monique Dupree who is our return guest from last year is is hosting the event I will be there to do introductions and they have been asking me to do a little ditty a number if you will to open the uh, the the festivities for karaoke I just don't know what to sing I mean I was gonna throw piano man out there and then everybody else was like no everybody does that so back to what 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 do I know and, you know, shy of some dirty limericks and maybe some nursery rhymes that aren't necessarily PC, I'm going to have to come up with something something special. This week's Weekend Geek Update, sorry, I had to, to take a drink there. This week's Weekend Geek Update is sponsored by Dragon Meadery, who has created the Decabitated Wine, which is available uh, on their website. And if you buy it now... Uh, I will be able to deliver to you personally if you attend Colorado Festival of Horror or if this weekend you go to our beer launch. We're going back to Outworld Brewery where we have been multiple times. We have interviewed the staff. We have partied. We have done trivia. We will be doing the beer launch this Saturday. Uh, All of the COFO captains us founders you know the people that run the show will be there in addition to uh xander who is back again this year with the design for the glass and the art and it is it's quite quite spectacular so come down to outworld it's in longmont we'll be there starting at five and we go until uh we run out of beer or they kick us out whichever comes first so um. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't think we're gonna run out of beer. There, there's a lot of beer to be had. But if you can't make it to the beer launch this Saturday, next week the Colorado Festival of Horror will be in full regalia: beer, wine, cosplay. We have contests. We have panels. We have so much going on. It is mind-boggling, and I'll just be excited to get this done get started we have been planning it just feels like we've been planning forever and i'll just be happy when we finally arrive uh at 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 the location it is at the marriott hotel uh park meadows uh, denver south actually but it's just on the other side of park meadows mall off of i-25 and lincoln the light rail lets off right by there if you're trying to avoid doing the highway thing. Uh, in addition to hotel rooms still available, I think. I know they're running a little lean. Um, there's plenty of parking. I know last year's uh, event, we ran a little bit short on places to stick the car. But we have a very massive parking lot for everyone to be uh, accommodated, room to grow, Places to stretch your legs. I don't know, however you want to look at it, but lots of places to put your car. And uh, we'll actually have our own cars there. We have the Hearst Club. The Colorado Ghostbusters will be there with a couple of Ectos. And we have a zombie wagon. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see this. I've only seen photos. So to see this up close and personal will be uh, kind of exciting. I'm curious to see what it looks like. Right away I get like Army of the Dead or Armageddon or you know something like that. Ooh, Army of the Dead. They do have another film coming out just um, what they're working on. But there's nothing like solid. So just as a side note, I digress. Uh, what else has been going on? I am uh, running around like a madman, as you could probably imagine, between uh, cons across the country. Uh, small stint at Disneyland, which which I missed the horror nights by like a couple of days. 
I never get there in time. I always want to see the Nightmare Before Christmas take over the Haunted Mansion. And I never get to. It's just so weird that I always like miss it too early or just, just shy too late. And you just see the remnants. So this year I was too early. It sucks. But I did get some pictures. Get to see some of the decorations and excitement and everybody getting geared up. So it was fine. The big twist for me... And hold on, sit down. This is going to take a minute to explain. I do cons all of the time. I have done a number of various cons across the country over uh, the years. So uh, frequently, recently, uh, I frequently go to cons, but recently I went to RollerCon. And this was an absolute blast. I don't know if it's just because... I, I could just show up, I could do my job, I can just hang out. Uh, there was no pressure or weight on me really at all whatsoever. I just kind of helped out, uh, did some photos, did some you know announcing, some, some help in classes. The funny thing about RollerCon is it reminded me a lot of a different, few different aspects. It kind of reminded me of like going like old school clinic when you were playing sports as a kid and they would have like the clinics or the 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 getaway camps like softball camp or baseball camp they go over like some of the fundamentals and like there was a lot of hockey maneuvers in there i never realized how much hockey was in roller derby so they're showing like defensive moves and different aspects of being a better derbier player somebody in a helmet and it's actually really fun i remember back in the day when I was uh, part of radio, they had the Rocky Mountain Roller Girls. So I went there a few times because of being associated with the station and all of that. And over time, I just don't know what happened to the the Derby. I guess it's still here because there were representation of Rocky Mountain Roller Girls at RollerCon. So they do a lot of different themed bouts the they do have the bowl which is you know what we're probably when you think of roller derby the first thing you associate to it so the elevated track and and all of that they did a lot of themed matches uh one was the racing bells versus uh the the peaches from league of their own which was a great match it was fun to watch and they really hit it hard. In fact, one of the support railings sheared clean off in one of the bouts that they had to come in, stop the match, and basically just do an on-site solder tape job foam thing. It was it was impressive, but uh, it goes to show that they're not pulling their punches. They have other tracks, and they have, of course, the free skate, which was kind of fun to watch because uh, just sitting there, but different matches... One was uh, like Mario versus Zelda or Nintendo versus Xbox or Toons versus Monsters. And what I gathered and just watching it, because it's been a while since I've seen it, it almost starts kind of like a rugby scrim where everybody's just kind of piled up and then they just go like hell. It was great. It was amazing. And the energy and just the interacting with people, there is competition. Don't get me wrong. And it does remind me a lot of like old school going to tournaments and sporting events when I was younger. So to see this kind of camaraderie and engagement and yet still the sense of togetherness was refreshing. I have to admit, going to a con and walking away, not overly tired, still worn out, but not pissed off, not cranky, no con crud, and just an overall sense of like, okay, that was fun. They still had vendors, they still had everything else, but all in all, it was focused on the derby and all about roller skates. And some of the vendors there were inspiring and and so fun to just get back on a skateboard. They even had a skate park that you could get taught how to do stunts and other things which okay granted i've taken for you know kind of granted actually because i mean i was on a skateboard when i was like five or six and remember doing some of those stunts back then so then to teach this to an adult is was was kind of entertaining for me to just kind of simply just watch and just go ah yeah okay the end of the roller derby 
RollerCon, they have two major events. And this is by far the reason to go, because this was the single most entertaining thing I've ever seen. There was um, strippers versus tippers, which, yes, infer what you will on that. And then there was Chippendales versus Magic Mike. Both of these matches were spectacular. Just absolutely fun. The... The I mean I don't want to say the show that they put on, but it is almost like a show because you have like uh, the the personalities definitely come out. They have some you know gags that they have pre uh, arranged or worked on as a team, and it it is entertainment that I haven't witnessed for quite a while. And I will be back. I have to admit that after this year at Roller Roller Derby, I will return next year it's going to be in july uh next year so i know vegas in july is not a happy time of year but mm, fine i'll go whatever twist my arm of course while i was in vegas this year uh, bucket list item checked off hell's kitchen i have dined at and it is glorious oh my god so I know I may have mentioned it before, but the, the, the inner conflict and the turmoil of what to eat was there. It was, what do you go? There, I mean, and it was a no-brainer. We all knew I was going to go for the Beef Wellington, and that is exactly what I did. And it did not disappoint. It was scrumptious. The inside of the restaurant area was just right out of the TV show. Red, blue, it had dessert. Uh, did not shy away from a single element that I wanted to experience. Everything was well worth it. They even had like kind of like little um, a menu package deals, you know, where you could order all of this. You can pick this item or this item or that item. And it was, you know, kind of worth it. But um, did a bottle of wine, of course, because y- you got to have you got to have the wine. <laughs> Well, at least I do. Uh, and it was just so <sighs> surreal. I mean, even the waiter is like, ah, oh, you're a super fan. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd go as far as super fan, but I definitely like the show and I definitely know a lot of things and I, um, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> it was so worth it. You do have to get your reservations in there. I think they do it a few months in advance. And if you know you're going to go and you just want one night of just fun, then do it. The Beef Wellington, like I said, was scrumptious. It was perfect and so, so worth it. (sighs) Can't wait to go back. I don't know what I'm going to try if I go back. Really, I don't. Probably going to do Beef Wellington again (laughs) because where else am I going to get it? Where else am I going to get a Beef Welly? You tell me. All right, let's move on. I know you don't want to hear any more about my antics in Vegas because it just goes downhill from there. Lots of drinking and um, them trying to get me on roller skates, which didn't end well. Not to mention, um, I did end up with a skateboard out of the deal, which is okay. I've been on a skateboard for a while, so it was kind of fun to relive the the glory years of my my youth. Uh, But moving on... What's caught my eye? What's going on in the Nerdverse? Of course, the writers and actors strike uh, continues to move on and doesn't seem like either side is willing to budge, negotiate, nor should they. Um, I think the the writers and the actors definitely have um, the right approach. I know AMC, I think, um, agreed to the writers and actors guilds so that they can continue their productions. So I think some people are are starting to go in and agree to uh, what they're at being asked of. However, Disney, Amazon, and, you know, the bigger the bigger conglomerates have um, not moved. And, in fact, Warner Brothers is posting, like, tremendous losses of revenue, and they seem surprised. Like, well, I mean, you, you guys don't have anything out there, and nothing's being produced except for rumors and some fun TikTok videos. I have to say, um, the 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 picketers and the people on on the line are are taking full advantage of it and having loads of fun. So, what is catching my eye? It's a great idea, good, great question. And uh, there's a few things we will get to. 
One Piece versus Cowboy Bebop. That is absolutely at the top of the list, and that'll be coming up in just a second. But before I get there, uh, let's get to some heart of information that we do have right now. In fact, one of them is the Scott Pilgrim animated series that will be coming out. So, November 17th, on Netflix, Scott Pilgrim Animated will be uh, kicking off. And I could not be happier. Um, This is so... Okay, I love the original live action. I think that it is absolutely one of the best comic book movies, the stars that appear, everybody that's um, involved in it was perfect. What makes the animated even better is um, O'Malley, who is the uh, creator and the graphic novel and all that, will be involved and has been involved with the animated project for Netflix from, from the start, which I think is huge because I mean there's so many things in the comic that I think need to be addressed that have um, you can't ignore and I think that's what I love the live action about it so much is because they really did go in the suspension of disbelief nobody cared it was a fun story we didn't need all of it and then having the live action integrated with the animated stills from the comic and everything it just really really worked for me now what they're going to do is an excellent question and i know they've released images of what to expect and it looks right in the style of the the cult classic comic there there is no mistaking it uh at all the best part about this is that everybody from the film is coming back to voice their animated character yeah, just think about that for a second. Everybody, even Chris Evans, who this is, you know, pre-Avengers days. This is still when he was, you know, kind of, I don't want to say the bad boy, but, you know, he wasn't Captain America yet. So to see him come back as uh, one of the evil exes, the skateboarder, is just brilliant and i did like his character i mean don't get me wrong i think his character as um the skate skater was was spectacular it was perfect the um the just all of it is is perfect now i will put on uh our facebook page the link to the trailer that has come out if you're not aware of it mark it the uh the cartoon is definitely going to be worth watching if it's anything like the live action. I'm so excited. Yay! So, so excited. But, I mean, is there a chance that they could mess this up? I mean, Netflix, don't mess this up. But, we will get to how anime has kind of maybe taken the step in the right direction with what's going on with One Piece. But before that, let's also move on to other things that have caught my eye. Reacher Season 2 is going to adapt the book Bad Luck and Trouble, which is actually further down in the line. I almost think it's like book 5, maybe 6. So one of the key gripes that a lot of fans had with Season 1 was the, the opposition really wasn't up to the task of taking down someone as skilled as Reacher and it was a great way to introduce the character and I think that 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 whole first season of Reacher is is perfect it was exactly what the character needed it gave us a great feel and sense of what kind of person Reacher is whether the villains are not measured up is irrelevant the story of the character and what he quote-unquote is capable of and granted as we move on and as the stakes get ratcheted up bad luck and trouble uh definitely is going to uh see reacher in a whole new kind of atmosphere bigger bads in addition to people that are more on his level in regards to capability uh brute force and just overall you know he goodness versus badness you know the creamy versus crunchy that kind of thing it will be very interesting to see reacher take on uh i wouldn't say an army but it's damn near an army 
Not to mention, how do you find someone that can like measure up to Alan Richardson? I mean, the dude is huge. I really want to see him and Henry Cavill like next to each other because I really think that would be uh, kind of a blast. Because both of those dudes are, let's face it, specimens. They're huge. Um, both are kind of nerdy in their own ways. So to just kind of see those two like face off in like a expendable style film, I think would be kind of fun. But um, Reacher season two, like I said, will be focused on. Uh, another Reacher book. I don't know how many actually books are in the Reacher series. I know there are a ton. So we'll see what happens. This will be returning to Amazon. We don't have a date yet as far as when we will be seeing it, just that it will be relatively soon. What else? In the world of Marvel, well, we marvel at some of the things that are going on. I'm I'm still despondent over Secret Invasion. I know that I read an article recently that um, they're citing the uh, demanding schedule, which they think hindered Secret Invasion uh, from a creative standpoint. Uh, I'm going to say the nay and say it sucked because... It just sucked, uh, and we have got, we've heard why I don't like it. So, um, yeah, Marvel has pushed back dates on releases, but you don't have to worry about the release date for Loki Season 2. We've seen a new trailer land, and <laughs> you know what? I, I'm excited. I really have to say that I am excited. I hope that we get around the uh, we need a punchline, so let's punch Loki kind of approach, and I think we get that with the trailer that we have seen. Loki really looks to embody kind of some of like the qualities we've come to expect and enjoy from Marvel like character development and and having consequences and the stakes being raised uh, the season 2 for Loki is going to be October 6th as far as the rest of Marvel's projects a lot of them have been pushed off rumors of She-Hulk season 2 Two have also been floating around, and, and evidently there's stuff that's been written, there's scripts. I really hope that this isn't true, because what they did to She-Hulk is uh, unforgivable. The, uh, the season one, I mean, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they would learn from their mistakes and try to correct... Uh, the character, the story, everything that they did, and kind of maybe, I wouldn't say listen to all the fans, because I understand that all the fans get it right all of the time. Case in point, Cowboy Bebop, but, or Jupiter's Legacy. But the fact still remains is that Marvel got it wrong, and a lot of the fans are right that this isn't the She-Hulk we wanted, this wasn't the She-Hulk we expected, and they need to take their time. I know everyone wants to get the latest and greatest, and we keep pushing for more and more and more, quicker, 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 but I don't think that it should be at the cost of the quality. I'm willing to wait if it's good. I'm willing to wait to see a She-Hulk that doesn't just look like a green smear on the screen when she shows up. I understand budgetary restraints. I understand there's production value, but come on. This is Marvel 101 here. I mean, if you're going to tell the story, tell the story well. George Lucas is never wavering on the line of, if you're going to do a Star Wars, make it look like Star Wars. Make sure that it's there, the quality and all of that. Marvel shouldn't be any different. Now, there's so many stories out there to choose from for She-Hulk that to do what they did is just meh. Do we need to see a better She-Hulk? Yes. Do I want to see She-Hulk? Yes, as long as it's better than before. Season 2, like I said, rumors, they say that there's a script. Do we need another She-Hulk? Do we want another She-Hulk? Yes. I'm curious what you guys think, because um, I may be the only one on this one where I'm just kind of like, mm, they did it wrong. Did it really wrong. Let me know what you think. Speaking of George Lucas in Star Wars. <laughs> All right, sit down. This is going to take a minute. I am going to say something that normally I don't. Not since the first three films. But seeing Ahsoka and watching it on, on Disney Plus 
has has reawakened my love for Star Wars. This has brought back, I think, a lot of the embodiment of what Star Wars originally was. And to see, even this is like this last episode, episode four, was awesome. We got saber battles. We have conflict. We have uh, elements that Filoni has pulled together from all of these other resources and have has created something absolutely glorious. I know a lot of fans have probably been, uh, you know, a little half and half. Some have been great. Some have been praising it. Others have been more nitpicky and more critical. And that's fine. Everyone can be critical. But I'm not looking at it from the standpoint of criticism yet. I'm looking at it from the sake of story. I'm looking at it from the sake of characters. We're, we're, we're getting... We're in uncharted territory. We've got characters that n- never have really appeared, with the exception of a few, in canon. So we're, we're defining new characters. Like, Balon Skull. Who is this dude? I mean, besides super badass how do these people fit with rise of skywalker and and snoke and 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 all of that because it's still another key element and i'm still thinking that we get grand admiral thrawn back only to start up you know what we later see with um in grand admiral throne starting with snoke and getting these these new stories started I mean, we get the First Order somehow, somewhere, and we don't really get a whole lot of fill-in when we we start with everything in the new trilogy. So, where? How? The only thing that I can think of is Grad Admiral Thrawn had to have some kind of play, some kind of hand in this. Maybe he didn't make it all the way to the end, and that's fine, and maybe that's just a shortcoming or nobody thought about it, but to get the opportunity to kind of fill in these holes is is kind of exciting for me. I'm I'm really in on this one. Not to mention we've got Ezra, we don't know what's going on and is he with Thrawn? It almost feels like Thrawn is here. So them going elsewhere, which is even even more cooler in a second I get to that. But all in all, I, I'm I, I'm in love with Star Wars again. Filoni has found a way for me to to like connect and be engaged and and really just kind of kind of go in. I mean, I want to know more. I want to see more. And granted, I feel bad that we've kind of like bypassed Skywalker, and maybe that is the point. Maybe it's 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 not all about Skywalker because it's always been about Skywalker. And we do get something very interesting at the end of episode four. And if you haven't watched it, I apologize. Um, but, you know, it's it's weird when we go to um, the world between worlds. And it's basically, and this came out of Rebels with this dimension in between time and space and... I guess this is where forced ghosts go because we get a a full Anakin, and I would say it's his forced ghost. So there's a lot of mysteries and there's a lot of things. And I don't know if when I had seen that episode in Rebels, if I was happy with how it went because it just kind of was like, well, we we need to ride away around this, or how can we how can we make this work? And I wasn't sure exactly World Between Worlds was going to necessarily work but to have it kind of show up the way it did at the end of episode four was it was cool i kind of liked it i was like all right this is this is fun the best moment for me though is the whales the space whales so at the end of rebels the the whole thing that ends up happening with thrawn and ezra and them being basically warped to the other galaxy was partly because of the whales that were there in the shipyard during the battle. And now to see them show up in the actual show and have the lore explained a little bit further on them is is even even more tantalizing. But to actually tra- tr- to traverse an entirely different galaxy, we're going beyond 
the veil behind anything that we have ever conceived for Star Wars. There's always been rumors. There's always been talks. There's always there's always been this or that. But to actually see this come to fruition, to explore an entirely new galaxy with, I'm hoping, different tech, different look, different creatures, things that just are like, okay, what the hell is that? The experience and the innocence of going into something that is familiar and unknown is absolutely, absolutely exciting for me. But enough of that. Let's focus on the fun stuff. The characters, the the, the, the baddies, like the Night Sister and Marok. Okay, so I honestly think Marok is some kind of Night Sister magic or a dark force ghost just imprisoned in a uh, a suit. And to kind of see how that fight went was absolutely cool i mean i wasn't expecting that and and to just see that whole fight come out and ahsoka you know dealing the the final blow and and what ended up happening i don't know maybe marak is a vapor person i don't know but i honestly think he's a ghost let's let's just let's just go with night sister magic and dark force ghost because i don't think it's anything short of of that let's be honest but the character that i'm most fascinated with like i said is balen skull skull excuse me um the way that stevenson delivers him and the the whole manner of him is so just calculated and i love his attunement to the force his his ability to just kind of sit there and and meditate for a second to get knowledge or to see what's coming and his and his premonitions and and all of that so it's very i'm very compelled by this character because Vader, we have a particular style of villain. He's he's brute force. He is a hammer. He he is impatient. We have Count Dooku again, impatient, brass, pompous, just very very focused on the objectives. Now we get Balin, which is an entirely different style of. I want to say Sith Lord, even though they haven't actually come out and said that. It's implied. And just to kind of see him just be a little bit more reserved, more calculating, more more of uh, against the Jedi than anything else. And he makes specific references of like, I don't want to fight, but evidently you do. And that's just the way of the Jedi. And just how he approaches it. Like, who are you, dude? How do you know about Anakin's fall to Vader? I mean, OK, besides the fact that you're part of, you know, the Empire air quotes and i'm sure the night sister told you or i'm sure there are other million different ways that he would know how balin found out and i mean yeah, i'm still kind of wishy-washy on the whole obi-wan uh them knowing vader is anakin but it's fine this guy totally different sith lord than what we have seen i would almost say kind of on par with the emperor and how he just kind of navigates through things a little more calculated a little more here's the truth but the darker side to it let me let me give it to you but i'm gonna twist it a little bit i'm gonna show you just how wrong you are and why i am right and i love it it's absolutely perfect now episode five is going to be available in theaters and i have to say that i am absolutely intrigued to see this on the big screen i love my system at home i've raved about it before in the past two subwoofers lots of speakers huge screen it's wonderful it's immersive and i absolutely love it however to go to the theater and see a star wars thing again something new something different and the trumpets and and you know I do like the intro music to Ahsoka. There's a lot of things that they've gotten right with this, and, and Filoni and Favreau are are on point. This is great. I don't know where we're going to... Because I'm thinking about this, because how we've progressed, I don't know if we're going to see Thrawn and Ezra really in action at all for the first season. I honestly think this is just all a buildup to one big 
scrap and then be left hanging at the end and it rolls into season two or whatever the next project that we have waiting in the wings for Star Wars. Because it feels like there's still a lot to cover and I don't know how many episodes, but if they stay with like the kind of eight episode arcs that they have been doing, maybe ten, we're at the halfway point already, so... What's what's left? Come on, where? Because we just gotta find them. We're going to a galaxy far, far away, farther away. What the hell? <sighs> Regardless, I'm enjoying the ride. Give it an open mind. Give it some thought. I'm sure you will like it. All right, what's coming? So something that was fun, um, Zombie Town, which is an R.L. Stein movie from Goosebumps. Uh, it's a book, pardon me, book that will become a movie. Uh, it'll be actually out in September this month, along with Nun 2. Ooh, that looks creepy as hell. I watched The Nun again for the, I don't know, umpteenth time the other night, and yep, that's still still kind of creepy, and um, they're, they're saying there's some big surprises for The Nun 2, so excited to see that. But Zombie Town, which is going to reunite Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase... In the said film, it's going to be uh, September 1st, I think, as far as the... Well, no, can't be September 1st, because I haven't seen it yet. Um, evidently, this month sometimes. Uh, the novel came out in 2012, and I have to say that I, I love the Goosebumps books. They're, they're, they're fun, they're enjoying, and the films have been spectacular. There is a trailer out there right now for this, and I absolutely love seeing Aykroyd and 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 Chevy Chase reunited. It feels like it's been I don't know forever. I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time I saw them on screen together, and I want to say uh, Spies Like Us, maybe. Eh, I don't know. I'd have to give that some thought. So to see him play dads now, it's kind of kind of fun. A little surreal. Also, it's worth mentioning, as we get into the Halloween season, of course, that means The Walking Dead returns. And this Sunday, this, this, let's try proper English, English. <laughs> ah, really, honestly, I haven't been drinking today. Uh, this Sunday kicks off the new Walking Dead Daryl Dixon series. And, uh, okay. I don't know how I feel about this, especially in the fact that, you know, he ends up in, like, France or something. I don't, uh, don't know. <sighs> sure, I guess. I don't know. The only reason I'm really interested in this is because I really do like Daryl Dixon. I love the character. I love that this guy came out of nowhere, became more popular than the majority of the main characters that we saw throughout Walking Dead, especially from the comics and everything else, and just kind of the whole story. And I like Norman Reedus. I think Norman Reedus is a spectacular individual. I do like his motorcycle show. Uh, and I, I just totally in. So I'm curious how we get to where we are with him. Now, a lot of things have been floating around back and forth on the AMC side. And evidently, if AMC Plus, you get early access to the show starting at 3 a.m. on Sunday. Then, after the series premiere, I guess all will be available on AMC Plus after 3 a.m. So all six episodes of... Um, no... Pardon me. We're only available 3 a.m. starting for Daryl Dixon. The final six episodes for Fear the Walking Dead are available starting October 8th on Amazon+. Plus. I gave up on Fear the Walking Dead ages ago. I'll probably watch the final season just to see how it ends. Um, I've stepped in and out, especially when, like, Morgan was in there and, you know, Jenna Elfman. And th there were some fun characters that Fear the Walking Dead brought in and then took out which annoyed me but all in all it was it was worth it so i'll let you know what i think of daryl dixon dixon um wow i am just having difficulties maybe i should start drinking um so with that said i i i think i want to say 
and I hate to say this, and I know I'll probably catch flack for it, but I think Walking Dead has kind of walked its course. It is, it's gone as far as it can, and now it's just kind of, I want to say, a cash grab. I don't know if there's really much left that we can do. Now, I know they've said that Daryl is going to kind of explore some of the stuff from Walking Dead that got glazed over. The uh, the cure, uh, the the cause of the plague, all of that, and and where they are trying to take it. So maybe the end of Walking Dead altogether is just a cure for people becoming zombies. Maybe I don't know, but in the meantime, we'll see what the uh, new season, new adventures of Daryl Dixon looks like. Oh, what else? Oh, in video game news. Well, kind of, I don't know if it's like really much of news. Um, So as that Red Dead Redemption 3 is coming, according to Rockstar, and they really plan on continuing to push the, the story, the IP, and everything else that's associated with this, along with... Grand Theft Auto. GTA is also one of their little, um, I wouldn't say little games, but, I mean, they continue to produce hours of engagement. Uh, It's kind of funny because I would, I want to think that you would never get tired of Red Dead. I never did. I just ran out of time to play it, which is the, the sad woeful truth of it all now to have a red dead redemption 3 um would be kind of fun something that i could get back into but again having to start over fresh and build a new character and all that i always wish when they would expand into you know sequels that portions if not like the majority of your accomplishments and everything that you did in the game previously would be able to transfer over and i know sometimes that's an unfair advantage especially when you got you know people that live and die on the damn game but it would just be kind of fun to have elements transfer over maybe you could pick your favorite weapon you know but the bad side to this um info uh as the ceo of rockstar's parent company uh confirmed that more rdr titles are coming they just don't know when uh and he basically said he'll be keeping up with games in the franchise as long as they're profitable even if it's until the end of time or when people stop enjoying them whichever comes first so the fact that they're working on it and i personally would not uh, expect to see uh, a game from them probably for my guess is another two years i don't think we'll see one until after 2025 just just a thought all right and now finally my take on one piece actually it's more one piece versus cowboy bebop being since both are animes both have been uh, adopted adopted adapted by netflix and both have very different outcomes now when one piece was announced i was less than enthusiastic about it because first of all and i know this is going to sound strange i have never watched one piece i have never been inclined to watch one piece simply because i do not like or care for the animation style there are different things that people are attracted to and just the animation of one piece i wouldn't say is off-putting to me but i just wasn't intrigued i didn't care i know the story may have been there but when you're dealing with cartoons, it's a visual medium, guys. You kind of got to enjoy the art style. And there were too many other animes that had better art and more compelling to me than some stretchy kid. So I omitted it. Never watched it. Didn't care. I know it's like one of the most fan favorite animes out there. I know it has a huge cult following and probably one of the largest cosplay groups out there next to... Uh, League of Legends or, well, you know, any other group. So when it was announced, I kind of mm, half-heartedly was like, okay, yay. And then, of course, the track record of anime adaptations, let's face it, has been less than stellar. In fact, a lot of them have just downright sucked and have failed to hit the mark with fans and critics alike. So One Piece lands. 
and I sit down and watch it. Now, I thought about going back and watching the anime and just kind of getting a foothold on what the characters and all of that, but I decided that that was the wrong thing to do. And here's why. If I'm going to be open-minded, if I'm going to approach the series with, with a clear head and accept it on the merits of what it is, to take it in and just watch it and see if it resonates, to see if I care, to, to just weigh it on its own caliber as a production. This is the one and few times that I don't know anything about it, and I'm sitting down to just kind of watch as a spectator, not a fan, not someone who, you know, has this lifelong obsession with it or, you know, even remarkably knows what the storyline is. All I knew was some kid in flip-flops with a straw hat wandering around doing stuff. I had no idea what the hell the story was about. So to go in with a fresh perspective and no pre-built disposition or judgments, I thought was the best approach. Cowboy Bebop be as it was, I still think was an amazing adaptation. I thought they'd made the right choices and did the things that were necessary to update it and also continue to progress the story. Yes, they took privileges, some steps, but I still think the show was great. It had its own problems, its own plagues and things that came back to bite it in the ass, especially with production. Now, when you compare One Piece and Cowboy Bebop, as far as production value, it's very similar. They put a lot into these sets, these characters, the, the, the costumes, all of it was immersive. And what I have to say is that it kind of seems equal to me as far as the production value. And yes, Cowboy Bebop had more problems than anything else. And maybe it's just the simplified version that One Piece offers. Um makes it a little bit more of a viable product. But what did I see? Well, I sat down and I binged the shit out of it. I actually watched the majority of One Piece all the way through in one sitting. I left the last two episodes so that I could not be pressured to get other shit done. I got some of my shit done so I could sit down and watch the last two episodes. And I have to say, I dug it. I really did. The characters are fun. The The environment is is different. It's about a guy who wants to become king of the pirates. I mean, there's a lot of similarities as far as the tropes are concerned when you're dealing with both One Piece and Cowboy Bebop. The characters may be shifted a little bit or their identities and genders are kind of, you know, wibbly wobbly compared to the other ones. But essentially, it's almost very similar in storylines and character development and what they've got going on. So when you're dealing with the characters, it's kind of almost like a straight across the board. You know, this one is like this one, but this one is a little different. You know, you get the same contrasts, but all in all, it's it's not far from the same. So when you're watching this, and since, like I said, no pre-built disposition, I kind of really got into the characters. What I think One Piece did a little bit more... A little better than Cowboy Bebop is that they embraced the anime. They went all in with the characters, however outlandish and crazy it may have been. They didn't shy away from what it really was. You have shark or fishmen running around. You have a stretchy boy. You they didn't take the time to like establish like well this is the norm and you know or any of that. They just this here's the story. This is is this is what it is. And relied on the viewer to just kind of extrapolate what they will. But it's also in how they told the story. Each episode kind of focused on each character in its own way. And you end up kind of actually caring about more and more about the character. The Cowboy Bebop series, yes, granted, you know, everyone kind of did know the characters a little bit more. But I don't think that's true. One Piece is actually more popular than Cowboy Bebop. It's in mul multiple cultures. I mean, I, I, I'm I surprised how, after I started researching all this, how many different um, cultures and regions and, and people that this anime has touched. Yes, it's been running longer than Cowboy Bebop. 
Cowboy Bebop had an ending. One Piece kind of has an ending, but I know that they have kind of pushed forward and have continued the anime series uh, since uh, its its beginning. I don't know where it is, but I just know that it's out there. Again, I did some research. I didn't just jump in blindly on it. But to see how they did this, I actually was digging on the characters. I really was having a fun time and how they were portrayed. The colors and and costuming and everything that went into it was painstakingly pulled from the anime. I can see it. I've I saw costumes that I'm like, oh, I know that one. I've seen that before. I can't tell you how many like costumes I saw. I was like, oh, I've seen cosplayers walking around with that. Oh, that's what that is. So to be on the other side for a change and go, okay, well, this now all makes sense was kind of fun. If you haven't watched One Piece like me, I think you would actually kind of enjoy this series. It's easily binged. It's a fun little uh, over-the-top story, but the character's actually resonate it works i know that there's been some i don't know albeit a lot pushback on who they've chosen for characters but without knowing the anime maybe it's helpful because the characters as i see them on that screen do deliver the the acting the action and you get a feel of exactly who this character is what they're about and even like their triggers which of course in anime everybody's got a trigger and of course w- you know with wolfie it's his his straw hat so to see that kind of come to you know a full full production was actually kind of fun and you just are in the story now since everything else has gone on and uh, everything is happening with the writer strike and all of that, the show does have scripts and everything done and is ready for a season two, if greenlit and allowed by Netflix. Or, uh, yeah, Netflix. Sorry, I was thinking Amazon for a second. So, will we see it? I don't know. I mean, for the most part, I think it's been well-received and a lot of people are... Are in, are in for it. They, uh, in fact, a lot of my non-anime friends who have watched it have thoroughly enjoyed it and plan on watching it again. So, with that said, I I I know this is going to pain me, but I I totally endorse One Piece. I think it's fun. It's great. Go watch it. Binge the shit out of it over this weekend after or before coming to the beer launch for Kofo up in in Longmont or uh, when we see you next weekend for Kofo. There you go. That's my take on One Piece. And maybe we'll uh, have some more people come in and talk about it. Maybe. I don't know. We've got a lot going on. There's so much coming up. So there you have it. And on that bomb drop, on that bombshell, bomb drop. (laughs) And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. I've got stuff to go do. You have stuff to go do. Thank you for listening. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell all your friends about the Weekend Geek Update because you know what? Sharing is caring. And that's what we do here. We, we care. <laughs> but in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.